and good morning everyone or good afternoon or good evening whichever the case may be on this rotating globe welcome to another live edition of the other side of midnight that magical time between dusk and dawn when if you're watching the mainstream news cnn or fox or msnbc or any of the online programs on the internet you know that anything can happen now, something like 24-7. And in fact, uh, we're hoping to kind of be a part of that. We're, we're working on something. This is going to be kind of part two of last night's conversation with a new set of players, this time some old friends from uh, uh, Bosnia who happened to run a pyramid archaeological park complex and uh, are able to do the most extraordinary research, which, as we discussed with uh, Maria Wheatley last night, is kind of restricted more and more in places like England and Stonehenge and in, um, in uh, Cairo, you know, the Great Pyramid and other sacred sites. It's like someone is trying to narrow down our avenues to discover what someone out there, either extraterrestrial, hyperdimensional, uh, deceased. I mean, you got to factor that in, that we could be talking to, uh, uh, what was that great line in um, uh, that movie of Bruce Willis? You know, I see dead people. Well, suppose we're talking to people that are no longer kind of hanging out in this three-dimensional realm, but in fact are hanging out in another realm, and they're trying to point us toward crucial things for the evolution of the planet at this crucial time in planetary history as gauged by the great processional clock. All of that we're going to get into in the next three hours. Um, I want to start with a little bit of news uh, as, we're, as we've done now for the past uh, you know, couple, three weeks since uh, Christmas. At the first item in Radio with Pictures in my items, um, we're going to feature again... Uh, uh, the Webb Space Telescope. This is a incredible coming paradigm shift, which has now achieved all except one of its major mechanical goals. It's been unfolded. Mirrors have been deployed. Solar reflectors, this huge uh, sun shield, has been successfully deployed and tensioned. And it's sailing through the dark behind the Earth, heading for the L2 point. So if you want to keep an update, if you want a kind of a running update of what NASA is doing with Webb in terms of now the fine-tuning of the mirrors, taking those 18 hexagonal segments, which each is a major telescope mirror, and focusing them so they become one 22-foot wide mirror, uh, that's what's going to be going on for the next several months. And as I said last night, as you'll read, if you click on item number one in my radio with pictures items, it's taking them months because they're they're moving little motors and little screws and little actuators and little levers with incredibly fine precision. And even running one of these little motors for a full day at high speed only moves one of the mirrors by one millimeter and they have to as as the first step in aligning the mirrors they have to move them out from their locked position for launch by about 12 and a half millimeters 
So as you can see, that takes 12 and a half times 18, that many days to literally get to begin to initiate to start the alignment process. Anyway, all that detail is available uh, at the um, first item in my section tonight. And the way you get there, if you're new to the show, and I know that we have a lot of new listeners who are kind of following this soap opera that is unfolding in front of the world, you simply go to the other side of midnight.com. That's our URL, the other side of midnight.com. Click on tonight's banner, which says very elegantly, oh, I'll get there momentarily. Um, open hailing frequencies. That's the title of our ET communications experiment. Tonight, we're going to feature the Bosnian pyramids and their involvement in this continuing enterprise effort at Genuine ET Communications. And when we um, get to the briefing part for Dr. Rizmanovic, which will be maybe an hour and a half into tonight's show, give or take, um, I will give a recap for you new listeners as to what we're doing and how Sam can play a role and his friend and colleague, uh, uh, Goran uh, Marjanovic, who is a radio engineer, has been heavily involved in the Tesla uh, technologies, and uh, I will get to a full um, uh, introduction of, of our guests uh, when we get to that particular point. I want to start with the um, uh, news. Item number one, of course, is the web blog uh, at NASA. What you might want to do if you're going to save this in your cache is to, when you go to it, you want to refresh because for some reason the blog does not automatically update. You have to do that yourself. But they really are putting really good stuff in there, and there's an entire history already there from the launch through uh, tonight. So you might want to, you know, if you're interested in web and what it's going to do for the paradigm of astrophysics and cosmology and life in the universe and uh, uh, maybe even the geopolitics and extraterrestrials, um, just kind of work your way from the bottom up. That will give you an exquisite background as to why this is going to be a seminal paradigm shattering this you know technology that has now successfully except for the alignments been deployed item number two which is right under item number one is kind of like a very simple where is the web telescope uh, there's if you click on that you'll see a a, 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 a a kind of a model showing its launch from earth when it passed the moon it's en route now to the L2 point, which is a point behind the Earth, away from the sun, about a million miles out. And um, that will let you keep track of details of the mission, where it is, where it is in the deployments, and just physically where it is. So that leads us to item number three. I found this the other day. One of my uh, uh, colleagues sent it. And it's so interesting that I thought you all might want to... Uh, Kind of take a look. This is an amateur astronomer. I'm not quite certain where he is. Uh, I think he's somewhere in the uh, Far East, I believe. But of course, with the web, you, you can't know. What he did was, he was out one night uh, around the 1st of uh, uh, January, New Year's Day, or New Year's Night, and he thought to himself that he would um, photograph a particular constellation, a nebula, whatever. And then he realized somehow, and he describes it 
in his own words, if you read the text, he realized that he was actually looking in the direction of the constellation of Orion. And there, as a little moving point of light, passing very close to Anilim, which is the center star in the belt of the Orion constellation. The little point of light was the Webb telescope moving in the dark against the star field, exactly opposite the sun on the night of the first day of the new year. And so he put together a video showing the context of Orion in color and then superimposing a video taken through his telescope with a very high-end digital camera showing, in fact, the little dot of the Webb Space Telescope speeding through space at about 3,600 miles per hour, about 160,000 miles out from the Earth. And that's the music he chose to put against this video. And it's so appropriate because the gas clouds that you see beyond Hubble, just to the upper left, I'm sorry, upper right of Anilum, are something like 1,300 light years away, illuminated by the blue star of Anilum itself, which is a supergiant O-type star burning its fuel at a rate, the ferocious rate that will cause it to die in a type two supernova explosion in about a million years. But in the center of that little red circle on his video, the moving dot is the Webb telescope all folded up, reflecting light from the sun, which is 93 plus million miles behind the camera. Just to give context to our conversation this evening, because we're talking about nothing less than the ancient history of humanity with whatever is out there amid the stars, which now, for some reason, after we sent those transmissions, is talking back to us and pointing us at sacred sites around the world. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my first two guests tonight. Uh, Dr. Sam Asmonigich has been a guest on this program many, many times. He has a PhD. He is a Bosnian-born Houston resident. He is an author, a researcher, a businessman. He discovered an ancient pyramid complex just outside Visoko, Bosnia-Herzegovina, consisting to date of 11 artificial structures, most of them on the order of small mountains. The Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Moon, the Pyramid of Love, the Pyramid of the Dragon, the Temple of Mother Earth, the Vernaktia Tumulus, the Dolbovi Tumulus, the Ginji Tumulus, the KTK Tunnels, the Underground Labyrinth, Ravne, and Ravne II, and those are in the uh, uh, photo section, some of them. He's established a non-profit and non-governmental archaeological park, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun Foundation, to pursue the excavation and geo-archaeological work of this extraordinary find. And um, 
his background you can read in great detail on the website, uh, so I won't go into it. Uh, he is basically an extraordinarily innovative researcher, a scientist, a real scientist. He has met all kinds of, as one might expect, uh, political opposition from the mainstream archaeological community. Zahi Hawass now, of course, considers him a mortal enemy, at least in public. I'm not quite sure what Zahi thinks of him behind the scenes. I mean, at one point, Zahi, you know, threatened to throw me and uh, a friend of mine in uh, uh, England, you know, to cut our heads off and throw them in a ditch on the road leading between Giza and the, uh, the main city of Cairo. So I'm not quite sure how serious to take Zahi Hawass who used to be the keeper of antiquities and the uh, governor general or whatever title they, you know, apply to his uh, overseeing of the archaeological work on the Giza Plateau. But he has moved more into the background, although not really. And other political forces are moving in Egypt, and uh, we might get into some of that with Sam, because part of what I'd like to do tonight is to talk about this network of ancient sacred sites. And in terms of documentation... Um, mainstream archaeology, radiocarbon dating, has proven that if there are a day, the pyramids in Bosnia are on the order of 30,000 years old. Let me repeat that. Radiocarbon dating of a leaf found under a rock in, I think, the, the tunnels proves that the uh, uh, part of the construction or, you know, creation of the complex, the, the major pyramid, the tunnels themselves leading to it, is on the order of 30,000 years old. Um, Gobekli Tepe, by contrast, is, quote, only 12,000. So we're really, really delving deeply back in time into the era of multiple hidden, vanished, unsuspected, unknown by the general public and by most of the general scientific community, uh, terrestrial high-tech civilizations capable of building structures on the order of mountains on the same scale, incidentally, as the pyramids that we have discovered at Sidonia and now elsewhere on Mars, like at the southern end of the Jezero Crater. So... Are we looking maybe at overlapping, co-equal, coexisting, ancient solar system civilizations? Did the stuff we find on Mars get built by the guys that came to Mars from Earth? Or was it the other way around? Is the stuff we're seeing now on Earth, such as what Sam's found, is it in fact a um, descendant of emigrations from the planet Mars to Earth when things basically there went to hell in a handbasket, to use a technical term. The other major guest this morning is Goran Marjanovic, who is a uh, radio telecommunications expert. He was born in 1955 in Sarajevo and currently lives in Belgrade, Serbia. He's retired. Um, he's been dealing with radio devices, computers, programs in general, but specifically, he's been fascinated by theoretical physics for more than 40 years and Tesla's unique legacy for more than 20. He has his own laboratory for researching Tesla technologies. He is the author of a, of a paper entitled Energy Density Quantization Model, which connects 
the material and spiritual aspects of reality, that is, science and hyperdimensional physics. And for the last 10 years, he's been searching energy phenomenon as an independent researcher uh, or within several international teams. He has a large number of devices for measuring fields, sounds, scalar fields, orgone energy, which has given him a very broad insight into the structure of reality and the possibility of comparing scientific, esoteric, and ancient knowledge. And gentlemen, welcome back, Sam, and welcome for the first time, Goran, to the other side of midnight. Thank you, Richard. Very happy to be back and seeing you at the full speed. Well, we are embarked on an extraordinary journey. I have no idea where it's going to wind up. Think of no better partner to be with on this journey than you. And I'm so glad you invited one of your you know, fellow colleagues to be with us because we're going to need every ounce of out there, outside the box expertise that we can come across. And I'm really looking forward to Goran's contribution to our discussion this morning. But let me start with you. Let's assume, which is not a bad assumption, that a lot of people in my audience, which is all over the world, we're in something like 193 countries. Let's assume, because people jump in and out of the radio field a lot, that a lot of people have no idea who Sam Asmonigich is or what the Bosnian pyramids are. And I'd be willing to bet dollars to Navy Beans that some of them can't even find Bosnia on a map. So let's start at the beginning. How did you wind up discovering an extraordinary ancient site that has incredible physical attributes and for whom the research you know, future is almost unlimited. Gladly. It has been 17 years since the discovery of the Bosnian Pyramids. In the meantime, it has become the most active archaeological site in the world not run by the government, museums, departments of archaeology, but by the non-profit, non-governmental foundation under the name Archaeological Park Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. Before I discovered the Bosnian Pyramids back in 2005, for several decades, I had been researching pyramids and the ancient civilizations around the planet. My PhD was about the Mayan pyramids in the countries of Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and Belize, where I realized that there were more than 100,000 pyramids, percent of them being covered by soil and vegetation. When I expanded my research, I realized that pyramids were built in Peru, 300 of them, Bolivia, Canary Islands, 104 of them, island of Mauritius in the middle of the Indian Ocean, 224 Nubian pyramids in northern Sudan, 155 pyramids in Egypt, not 118 as non-scientific Wikipedia claims, 155, I've researched all of them, wrote about them. In China, 250 of them in the central province of Shanxi, Koch Ker Pyramid in Cambodia, Gunung Padang in Indonesia, <clears throat> even Gimpi Pyramid in Australia, <laughs> three pyramids in uh, Spain, Palencia Pyramids, five complexes in Italy, 16 in Greece. In other words, the world of the past was the world of pyramids. So in 2005, 
I'm coming to the central Bosnian town of Visoko to visit the local museum. But what really caught my attention was this hill, which everybody called the natural hill. But I could notice regular geometry, four sides, four triangular faces, four the same slope from bottom to the top. I took a compass and it showed me that those four sides perfectly match cardinal points, east, west, north, and south. And even though it was covered by soil, vegetation, pine tree forests, I immediately knew that it had to be an artificial structure, which after thousands of years of wind and rain, you know, it got covered by vegetation. And then in 2006, after my initial preliminary research, I established a foundation and teams of volunteers, and then later on my employees started digging. Five feet below the soil, we discovered rectangular and square blocks in several rows. We've analyzed those blocks in seven institutes for materials in Italy, Politecnico di Torino, in France, Geopolymer Institute, with our friends, Dr. Joseph Davidovic, in Czech, in Slovakia, in Bosnia, everybody told us that it was an artificial concrete. Some people call it geopolymer concrete, and some people call it synthetic concrete. So, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is covered in concrete, which is the better quality than what we can make today. So in the meantime, we discovered six pyramids and the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is more than two times bigger, larger than the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Three major pyramids in Bosnia, Sun, Moon and Dragon, forms perfect equilateral triangle. When you draw the line between the tops of the Sun and the Moon pyramids, it's 2,180 meters. From Sun, from, from the Moon to Dragon, 2,180. From Dragon back to the Sun, 2,100. Perfect geometrical shape and as such, part of the sacred geometry. We also discovered the tumulus complex. The tumulus is an artificial conical hill in archaeology. And finally, huge network of underground tunnels. So far, we discovered six entrances to those tunnels, and their length is at least 60 miles. So far, we... Wait, 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 wait. back up. The, the length of the total tunnel you have now excavated because they were filled, they were deliberately filled with debris i understand you've now got a combined length of this labyrinth under the ground there of that's 60 we, miles that's what we project so far we have cleared 2.2 miles ah oh, okay okay miles it's really sensation you know when in archaeology uh, 50 meters or 150 200 feet of prehistorical tunnels are discovered its sensation. In our case, we are talking miles. And so far, two levels of tunnels. Most probably there are many more. So archaeologically speaking, this is a huge discovery. And then we started noticing that the elements of sacred geometry were 
incorporated. I mentioned equilateral triangle, but the next thing, the number pi, 3.14, the number phi, the golden section, 1.68, you know, the, the golden section spiral, when you start with the top of the Bosnian pyramid of the sun, on this spiral, we have top of the Bosnian pyramid of love and two more pyramid hills. The second golden section spiral, we have two rivers, the place where they meet, River Foynica and River Bosna. Beginning of the spiral, on this spiral, we are finding the top of the sun pyramid, one of the entrances to the tunnels and the tumulus complex. So now we realize that the ancients, for some reason, were using those, those elements. Why? Well, because of the energy flow. That's what we realized a little bit later. So, Richard, we discussed the last couple of times that this is the most open archaeological project in the world. Number one, anyone can come, join us, volunteer, and dig with us. I mean, regular people who are not archaeologists, they don't get a chance to become part of the discovery. Like in our case, people come, they discover some of those underground tunnels, they discover the oldest concrete on the planet, they discovered artifacts, they discovered organic material. And you are right about the age. So far, we have performed 28 radiocarbon dating and uranium thorium analysis. And every, every analysis is pointing that this complex is around 30,000 years. For example, a couple of fossilized leaves that we discovered between produced the date of 29,200 years plus minus 400 years. It's a radiocarbon date. And uh, when you get the calibrated date, like Dr. Paula Violet helped us with that, it gave us a date of 33,600 years. What does that mean? It means that we have to leave this nonsense that human civilizations is only six, seven thousand years, that everything started with Sumerians seven thousand years back. Well, yes, it did start with Sumerians, but hundreds of thousands of years back, like Sumerian King List is telling us. What was happening 30,000, 40,000 years back? Well, the Turin King List is describing that exactly. Drinking list, which gives us the names of the Egyptian rulers, is going back to 42,500 years ago. Mm -hmm. So instead of boring history that they've been teaching us in schools, that we are just a few thousand years old, actually we are going so far back. And the human history is not just the evolution. The human history is cycle after cycle after cycle and we are happy enough and excited that we discovered complex that belongs to one of those previous cycles. Do you think the reason that Bosnia is unique is because you were incredibly insightful and lucky or have other complexes all over the world that are maybe even older been discovered and just ruthlessly suppressed because canonically we're not supposed to be older than six or 7,000 years old. Well, you just answered that. However, we are getting into the new era. It's not only the mainstream scientists who work on these sites. 
You know, back in 70s when Eric von Däniken came, you know, he opened the eyes for many of us. In 1990s, people like Hancock, John Anthony West and the others, they helped us realize that there is something wrong with the theories. And finally, 2010s, we have people like uh, the discoverer of Gunung Padang Pyramid in, um, in Indonesia, uh, Dr. Danny Hillman. He is PhD, but he is open-minded. We have Michael Tellinger, Stone Circles, and Adam's Calendar in South Africa. We have a number of Russian scientists, Valerie Ular. Tell you what, Sam, we're, we're at the bottom of the hour. I hate to cut you off, but uh, we've got three hours, so. My guest this morning is, da- is Dr. Sam Ismanigic, the discoverer and developer of this unique research facility on the Earth, the Bosnian Pyramid Complex. There's more than one. And as you're going to hear as we go through the morning, its role in contemporary history and in changing the paradigm of how old the human race might really be is just at the beginning of unfolding. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return. Welcome back, everyone, on this Sunday night, January 16th, 2022. Not quite a month into what I think, for a variety of reasons, not the least of what we're planning here, could be a truly extraordinary year. Anyway, Sam, please continue. Yes. So, more and more independent researchers, people with the PhDs, uh, they've been walking around the planet proving that the number of megalithic and pyramid sites are much older than a few thousand years. They actually prove that much before the end of the last ice age, we did have advanced civilizations all around the planet. Now, the Bosnian pyramids, since you know it's been researched so well and so systematically, it's the best proof that we had very 
ancient and very developed civilization who knew that the pyramids are not only the most beautiful and most stable structures, but also the energy amplifiers. So starting 2010, we've been involving teams of experts in energy phenomena. Why energy phenomena? Well, I realized traveling around the planet that all these sites, megalithic and pyramid sites, they've been researched exclusively by archaeologists, Egyptologists, eventually geologists, and that's it. It is not enough to figure out the true purpose of pyramids, the builders, and the age. So we opened the project not only to the classical sciences like archaeology, Egyptology, geology, biology, paleontology, but also to high-tech disciplines, geothermal, satellite, georadar analysis, energy experts like physicists, electrical engineers, sound engineers, telecommunication engineers, the medical experts, the you know, PhDs in medical sciences. And now we are getting so much information. They tell us that ancients did have a knowledge that we can learn from. The so so hang on a second. These are in essence then ancient, solid state, made of stone, high-tech machines. There you go. This is our major conclusions. Pyramids were not built to bury one dead body, <laughs> that one of King or Pharaoh. They were built to serve the generations of living communities. They were meant to last thousands of years. And now it all makes sense, Richard. As you know, why would somebody move six million tons of blocks to build the Great Pyramid of Egypt for one dead body? But if you build such a huge complex to serve your community and those who are going to come after you in the next few thousand years, then yes, it does make sense. You know, we realized that the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun as a key structure in Bosnia was built on the top of the iron plate. Iron generates electromagnetic field. The pyramid amplifies this field. And uh, I realized that back like 12, 12 years ago, when I went to Egypt with, uh, with my uh, Russian friends, geophysicist, uh, Professor Oleg Havroshkin, and uh, to the Red Pyramid in Dakshur, because we could not do any measurements at the Giza Plateau because of the guards and the <laughs> military. But the Red Pyramid, you give them some you know, money and they let you climb the pyramid. At the top of the pyramid, the electromagnetic signal is 50 times stronger oh. than at the base, meaning that the pyramid amplifies this energy. The second form of the energy, below the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, 65 feet below, we have an underground water flow. Water moves, it releases negative ions and we measure huge concentration of negative ions in the Bosnian pyramid tunnels. How do we know that? Because we measure. We use two air ion counters, manufacturer is Alpha Lab from the US, and the values are extraordinary. I use those instruments when I travel to South Africa, Swaziland, Zimbabwe, Egypt, Vietnam, US, Germany, 
the highest values are measured exactly in Bosnia in those tunnels. For example, in your office, in my home right now, 20 to 50 negative ions per cubic centimeter. We go to the downtowns, 150 to 200, top of the mountains, 750 to 2000. Bosnian pyramid tunnels, 20,000 mm. to 60,000. These are the highest measured concentrations on the planet. The next element, below the first underground water flow, there is the second one. It's about 160 feet below the pyramid. Between the two, we have a charge, electricity. The pyramid somehow pulls this electricity up and through the very top of the pyramid, we measure energy being, and we're going to be discussing that, which is 28 kilohertz in frequency, and which is electrical in nature, it's continuous, it's focused. The next energy form, we are discovering during our archaeological work, a lot of quartz crystal on the pyramid, in the tunnels. The quartz crystal has the ability to transform one form of the energy through the piezoelectrical effect to another one. For example, if you hit the quartz crystal with electromagnetic field, the result is ultrasound. And guess what? We measure the ultrasound on the pyramid and in the tunnels, the same frequency like electromagnetic field. So it was... So wait, the, 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 the whole pyramid is resonating acoustically at 2800 hertz? Exactly right. Now, is and, that an exact number? Because David, who's going to come on the show in a little while, would like a really precise number. No, he said 28 kilohertz, so that's 28,000 hertz. Which is 28,000 hertz. Yeah. And Richard is right, exactly. Not, 20, not 2,800, 28,000. 28,000. Yeah, that's a pretty big wavelength. I mean, that's still a big wavelength. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this frequency is considered also the levitation frequency. You know, remember Ralph Ring and his research from a few decades ago when he was playing uh, with different frequencies. First, the sound frequency up to 20 kilohertz. And then he went to ultrasound, 21, 22, 20. When he came to 28, he had uh, table tennis balls, ping pong balls on the top of the sound speakers. And at this particular frequency, the ball started levitating, going to the air. So 28 kilohertz frequency is the frequency when you feel really light. You visit the tunnels, you walk through them, you feel light. What does that mean? For example, my mother, she has probably 20, 30 pounds more than she would like to have. <laughs> and, you know, she is a little bit lazy to go to the shops, to the stores. But when she's in the tunnels, she's like a bird. You know, she is going back and forth, you know, one kilometer, so no problem. So now, so we realized that somebody wanted to create very specific frequency. In order to do that, they built such an amazing complex with the distances and the heights so carefully planned. And I realized also that the ancients, when they were built such a energy machines. You know, they were always working multi-levels. It was not just for one thing, but several things. 
For example, last year and the year before that, we were watching the movement of the shadow of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun in the Valley of the Pyramids. And we realized that the top of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is actually the oldest ancient astronomical observatory. How did we figure that one out? Well, we checked the, sh the shadow position at the sunset during three very important days. The first one is, of course, the most important day for the ancient, and that would be the summer solstice. Usually it is June 21st. On June 21st, when we watch the shadow of the sun pyramid going towards the western slope of the moon pyramid, the shadow passes the moon pyramid, and just before the sunset, it forms another shadow pyramid, the top of this shadow matches the top of the moon pyramid and the base of this shadow touches the base of the moon pyramid. So it is like we are watching it in the mirror, one pyramid to the left, one to the right. Well, this shadow of the sun pyramid is coming to the moon pyramid from the south. Why south? Well, it is the first day of summer. It announces that the hot summer days are coming. And then during the mid-summer, mid-August, when the sun you know, rays are strongest, the days are hottest, the shadow of the sun pyramid completely covers the western slope of the moon pyramid during the, uh, just before the sunset, completely. And the top of the shadow covers the top of the moon pyramid. It is like the ancients are telling us the rule of the day and the sun is over and the rule of the night and the moon starts. The next date was September 23rd, which would be, of course, the fall equinox. Now the shadow is coming to the moon pyramid from the left side, from the, from the northern side. Why from the north? Because it announces that the fall and the winter colder days are coming. So it's amazing how they use the shadows to tell us about the relationship between two major cosmic bodies that we have, sun and the moon, earth and the sun. Okay, let me, let me ask you an important question here. Were the pyramids in the Bosnian Valley, were they reshaped mountains or were they literally constructed from the ground up to create the specific alignment seasonal geometry? This is what our uh, archaeological work has produced. Three of the structures, the Bosnian pyramids of the sun, moon and dragon, which forms such a beautiful, perfect equilateral triangle. They were built structures from the bottom to the top. And the rest of them, the Love Pyramid, Temple of Mother Earth, and the Six Pyramids are actually shaped hills. Ah. Is it possible that we did have more structures? I think it is very possible because, uh, you know, since 34,000 years back, we've had, you know, the ends of the ice age, we had huge floods, and most probably some of those structures have been, you know, uh, destroyed forever. But what we have 
is a beautiful field for investigation and the research. And uh, the ancients were smart. They knew when they make those uh, shapes and uh, those numbers of sacred geometry, that movement of the energy starts. During, so the, start- during at, at the end of the last ice age, did the did the glaciers extend as far south as the pyramids? No. You know, the uh, last ice age in Europe, actually the ice started uh, to the north from Bosnia. It started from Austria, Switzerland, Germany, Poland, France, Scandinavia, UK. There are no those countries that we have today, no solder that can be visible, but the ice. And the thickness of ice was reaching uh, 3,000 meters, which is one and a half miles, mm. one and a half miles thick ice. But to the south from Austria, the countries that we know today is Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia, Serbia, Montenegro, Turkey, Greece, southern parts of Italy, southern parts of Spain, Portugal, no ice at all. As a matter of fact, in southern Europe, we did not have ice for the last 100,000 years. And these are the parts where the life was thriving. The new science called anthropological genetics is telling us the age of the oldest cultural oasis in Europe. The oldest one are the Basques in Spain and southern France. No wonder that we have those pieces of beautiful cave art Altamira to Lascaux, which goes back to 34,000 years. And then the second of all this cultural oasis is the Balkan region, Balkan, Bosnia, Serbia, Croatia. We have presence of men for 38,000 years. I'm not saying that the men built those pyramids, I'm saying the man was present when they were built. Mm. And the third oldest cultural oasis is Ukraine, around the Black Sea, 28,000 years old. And the interesting thing, when those research started with the DNA and the genetics back in the 1990s, late 1990s, when we had a number of independent institutes, we were getting those information, which basically prove that there was some civilization, first, in Southern Europe, secondly, between India and Ecuador, because they found the traces of humans there, like in Ecuador, 50,000 years back. So the idea that the humans came to the North and Central and South America 12,000 years back, basically were not good anymore. Then we we found the same haplogroups in the Basques region, Spain, Europe, Berbers, Northern Africa, Amazon, South America, and Guatemala. What was missing? The center for distribution, which was exactly in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, or the lost land of Atlantis. So now, this new research, 20 years back, became a danger for the establishment, because now we were finding proves that we have to have Atlantis, we have to have Motherland Mu, we have to have Lemuria, we have to have builders of Bosnian pyramids and Egyptian, much older than what they were telling us. And after that, Oxford is taking over all the DNA 
research through the National Geographic, which was financed by Westinghouse, and of course it all ends up at the elites. They are telling us, no, 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 it's just 10 to 12,000 years, and that's it. So, uh, the human history is so much more interesting than what they try to portray us in the history books. Hmm. By the way, if people want to see what the Bosnian pyramids look like, particularly the Pyramid of the Sun, you go to um, Sam's Items, remember, Radio with Pictures, click on the banner on the uh, guest page, click on Sam for items, that will take you to his section. Item number two is the uh, currently, you know, tree-covered pyramid, looking <laughs> really pyramidal. But item number three, I guess, is a an artist model of what would happen if you had a huge team that would clear all the trees off the pyramid, Sam, is that right? That's exactly right. What we did, we used the same form, the same shape of the pyramid that you can get it through the aerial photographs, and we just replaced the green color of trees with the gray color of concrete blocks. This is what you are getting. You are the oldest pyramid on the planet. It is so obvious. The corners, faces, the slopes, and so on. Hmm. So you kind of summarize very neatly where this fits into standard academic archaeology. But again, I come back to the question, is this the only surviving complex because it was below the glacial line, or are there un are there current undiscovered other complexes that either have not been found or have been suppressed? There are many more. Dr. Danny Hillman, uh, he's PhD in geophysics. He's from Indonesia, and he wrote the book about the land of Atlantis. Well, uh, when I met with him in Western Java, uh, he was showing me that also it looked like a hill because it was covered by trees, it was actually in the jungle. But you can, you know, through the aerial photographs, you could see that uh, there is a perfect uh, geometrical shape of the pyramid, the four sides, and on the surface, a lot of uh, volcanic, nicely shaped uh, plates. Uh, and he was telling me about four phases. And the first one is about 2,000 years when they built a Buddhist temple there, then 5,000, 12,000, and 24,000 years. He said that the first civilization who built uh, the pyramid was 24,000 years old. That was the radiocarbon dating, which probably take us to, let's say, 28,000 as a calendar uh, age. And then the Yonaguni monument, which was found on the bottom of the Pacific floor, of the coast of Japanese island of Yonaguni. They showed not one, but 13 underwater cities connected by number of uh, stone roads. Since they are submerged, they are on the bottom of the Pacific, 30 to 80 meters, so 100 to 250 feet below the level of the Pacific Ocean, obviously they were built much before the end of the last Ice Age. What happened while we were having the Ice Age, a lot of water was actually, you know, in the ice. But when the ice melted, the... So the ocean level at that ancient time was much lower. Much lower, but when the ice melted, 
the Pacific Ocean rose for 250 feet and those stone cities came under the water. And even Gobekli Tepe, which you mentioned, I, I was taking groups to prehistorical Turkey, visiting Gobekli Tepe several times, and I was the first scientist who actually did energy measurements at the mm. site. Dr. Klaus Schmidt, which is uh, the discoverer of the site, late Klaus Schmidt, uh, he passed away seven years back. But when I talked to him, he told me that the age is probably between 15 and 18,000 years, and uh, that there are not three stone circles, that's how many he had seven years back, but most probably 100 of them. In the meantime, when the Turkish government took over, they discovered three more, so there are six of them now that you can see at the site, but most probably 100 of them. When we uh, think about magnificence of the site, one of those stone circles, it looks like a Stonehenge. It consists of huge T-shaped blocks. You know, they are five, eight, 12 tons in mass. Mm. Interesting thing, there is not a single residential village in the area. So who built them? What was the purpose? You know how the archaeologists, historians like to say, oh, there was a huge community who built it so they could sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. No residential villages. So somebody built hundreds of stone circles. It had to be reason for that. Well, my energy measurements produced the same results like in Bosnia. They were also built to amplify and focus the energy. And what you can read in, again, non-scientific Wikipedia and non-scientific Encyclopedia Britannica, they are telling <laughs> us they were, built, they were built by the primitive cavemen, like they had nothing else to do. Yeah, of they course. Were, you know, dragging those huge stone blocks, perfectly shaping them. And then they were saying sacrifice, you know, religion and stuff like that. You know, so, when I... Well, well, yeah, well, when I first saw Gobekli Tepe, and I haven't been able to get there to measure it, you know, with the Akatron, but you know, the Akatron that I've been using to measure the the fields around these sacred sites, the the core of it is a is a vibrating tuning fork, and the energy changes the inertia, the mass of the tuning fork, and thereby changes the frequency. And that's how we know this is non-electromagnetic. It has to do with the fundamental matrix of the ether, the torsion field itself, that the, these, these structures are solid state amplifiers of that field. And then by metonymy, electromagnetism as a kind of a, you know, it kind of comes along for the ride. When I saw Gobekli Tepe, those big T-shaped things reminded me of huge tuning forks. And, and the idea was if you resonate them with sound, you turn and modulate the energy, the torsion field of the site, of the complex. And if you have a whole bunch of people, basically a chorus singing, chanting in unison, that's where the sound comes from. And you do amazing things to the biology and to the consciousness of the people doing the chanting. Wonderful. I think you are you are on the, on the, on the track. I think you are completely right. 
When we realized that the Bosnian pyramids do amplify the energies, we started figuring out what was the energy used for. And then we can discuss that the last hour, but before that, after the break, we can discuss what we actually measured in Bosnia. And no better person than Goran Marjanovic, our next guest after the break. I think uh, you will be amazed by the results that he was getting. Cool, cool. Um, going back to the idea that we have missing pyramids, I mean, you've never held that Bosnia was unique, just the only one you found. Where would you look other than uh, Java? You said you had that conversation. Have you ever looked at the northern islands of Japan? Because I have a friend who used to live there who claimed that the massive structures on Hokkaido are actually huge artificial pyramids. It is possible. It can be artificial pyramid. It can be also shaped pyramid. Sometimes we can see some amazing hills and even Kailash in Tibet, it is not a regular pyramid with triangular faces, but it does have four sides. They are perfectly oriented. It is surrounded by 10 smaller, regular pyramid-shaped hills, some of them being stepped pyramids, some of them true pyramids. So there are some amazing stuff in the nature, and uh, you cannot really uh, say that they were built by humans you don't see blocks concrete blocks or you don't see limestone blocks or granite blocks but it seems like somebody in very distant past has the ability to shape huge mountains and probably to get the same energy phenomena hmm. well this is extraordinary uh, we're at the top of the hour so we're going to pause for a moment uh, my guest this morning is Dr. Sam Asmonigic, and we're going to introduce his colleague and co-experimenter um, who is more familiar with the technologies, particularly measuring of these energy fields and this extraordinary beam, this radial beam that uniquely emanates from the apex of the Pyramid of the Sun there in the Bosnian Valley of the Pyramids extending up into space and i'm not sure whether they measured the top of it if it has a top or it just keeps going and going and going you're on the other side of midnight my name is richard c hoagland we shall return Thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show 
and all previous 350 plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward. And boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out. Mm-hmm.